0: This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network Radio to inspire enlightened living You're listening now to the Honest to God series With Anne Gale Rose and Ahanu
1: Everybody, welcome to our show today. We are once again in a beautiful, sunny day in San Diego, California. Although it is chilly, I don't know, I do have to say that I'm covered
2: up in a blanket. Can you believe it? I can believe it, and <laughs> it's a sight. It's a vision, as <laughs> somebody wrapped up in a blanket in sunny Southern California. But this is actually what we all need. We need change. And this is what we're discussing today. We're discussing change, how to adapt to change. And we're finding that a lot of people are calling in for help on how to cope with this fast changing world and a lot of people are feeling depressed and suicidal and are living in mediocrity and depression. And it's why we decided to broadcast this special show today so as to help all of us, ourselves included, to cope with this great time of change. So here we are wrapped up in our blankets in the cold of Southern California, adapting to climatic changes, but also changes in our lives on every level. So that's going to be, that's going to set the tone for us today. Angel Rose wasn't expecting that. She was expecting that I might say, oh, it's great. We can start planting some vegetables very shortly in the springtime. But this is so unusual because yesterday, for example, the temperatures here were in the mid 80s and that is just so unusual for this time of year and people are experiencing it all across this great country of the united states of america with record lows in places and record highs in places but the same is also true across europe and across the rest of the world so we're in it if anybody says we're not in earth changes look around you
1: well i do have to say though Ahano, that this is a typical san diego morning however because it always starts out chilly and in a couple hours it'll be very 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 warm just like you said yesterday 83 degrees here still not as hot as what it feels like in the summertime but it does post on facebook though that the east is going to be experiencing another very very cold spell so didn't we discuss this a few years back actually before 2012 Ahana, when we were doing some some of our group sessions in Ireland and people were asking about climate changes in the weather and we did see through those records that places that are hot will be hotter and places that are cold will be colder and we did see rising sea waters which apparently is going on as well. So I think the good thing is that a lot of people that I'm talking to, clients that call in, a lot of people actually have prepared their homes. I'm talking to more and more people who have some stores of food and and water and do have ways to supply for electricity and heat sources and things like that. So people are waking up to the fact that this is this is just the time that we're in, no doomsday stuff. Just very practical things to keep in your home, which I think people should have anyway, just to be ready for any scenario going on in the world today, because we do know that anything can happen these days. Now I want to tell our listeners, remind our listeners that Ahanus' book is coming along, believe it or not. He just needs to stop writing new chapters. I mean, he he gets writing and then thinks he's finished, and then all of a sudden there's something else occurs which brings him more uh, profound enlightenment, and he feels he has to include that. And I'm no different, am I, Ahana, with my second book. I'm delayed on that because more and more information keeps coming in, and I guess at some point we have to stop, don't we?
2: Yes, and I think that's typical of all writers, though, I do believe, because The writing of new material, especially in this time of change, is coming down fast. It really is coming in fast for everybody, not just us. And we're documenting it. That's the difference. We're actually documenting it. We're documenting it in our radio shows on Saturday morning. We're documenting it on our Sunday morning group Akashic record sessions because we get these questions all the time. We're documenting it also from the feedback from clients who call in looking for consultations. And... We're getting the downloads also as we do our artwork in the Spirit the uh, spirit of Love project about what's happening currently in the world and how we're feeding back in the Spirit of Love into the artwork and into the planet and into all our people. And in that way, this time of change is not threatening. And as you rightly say, if we could only recognise and remember that in fact this was always the way, farmers would harvest at the end of the season and they would gather up their crops for the winter which was effectively preparation that's all it is it's no different it means just stocking up just like the squirrels do in preparation for the cold winter. But what's happened is we've got too complacent and we believe we can go down to the local store at any time of the day or night and pick up what we need. And that way of thinking has to change. We've got to go back and fit in with the cycles of nature. So when we're cold, we get out our blankets and wrap up. And when we're warm, we take off the clothes. But for in terms of food, it just makes sense to prepare for a cold spell it makes sense to prepare.
1: We need to go back to canning. Uh, A lot of people still do can actually and prepare foods and grow their own indoors. I mean, you know, people don't realize that you can grow vegetables and flower pots in your house or little flower boxes and things like that. So there's lots of ways we can really continue to give ourselves nutritious things. And as we know, this time that we're in is about lessening our dependency on external things. In other words, we all really do need to take care for our survival. Now, on that note, Ahano, I'm being guided to tell people about this school in Russia that I was researching just the other day because it relates to what we're talking about. And I believe the school is called TIKOS, T-E-K-O-S, Tekos. Tekos. If anyone wants to look it up, it's in the Russian Taiga. And I was looking it up because certainly we're noticing that the school systems need a lot of change. Uh, That's one of the things, you know, that I get on about is the unnatural way children are taught. So I am a real advocate of schools like Summerhill in England and uh, this Tico school in Russia. Anyway, here's the difference. The children in the Tikos school in Russia have completely built the school by themselves. Now imagine a group of really young children, maybe ages from five or six all the way up through teenage years. Imagine those children completely building the school themselves. They're using electric saws, they're painting, they're designing and the school is absolutely beautiful. And the thing about this school is that it does, and also Summerhill actually, but Summerhill, the students did, did not build the school. But these schools go by the assumption that children are intelligent beings. They're not stupid little things that you have to tell what to do or program with continual subjects. They go from the fact that a child is intelligent and can figure out solutions to problems. And indeed, in this particular school, children do. They don't have teachers. They, some know more than others, and the ones that know more than others do teach others. If somebody says, if a student asks a question and someone says, I don't know that answer, the child will go off and do its own research and come up with its own solution. In fact, this process with these kids actually adds more knowledge to the universe. Now, these kids are also required to totally take care of themselves. And that means they're responsible for washing their own clothes, for growing their own food, for harvesting their food, for preparing meals... And they work as a group, so they're really aware of what it means to be part of the whole, because they understand that you have to work in harmony with each other and harmony with nature. And these children are the most brilliant and gifted children, just like what you do produce in the Summerhill School in England. Those kids are free, at once again, to make their own decisions about the subjects they're going to, to take. And A.S. Neal, who was the founder of Summerhill, believed that every person's soul comes in here with a plan. And that if you leave children alone, they will naturally gravitate toward the subjects that they need to fulfill their soul contract. And in this way, in fact, in both of these schools, because the children are allowed to be their own authority, that they actually maintain their very, very strong connection to their soul and to the natural world. It's just a totally different picture of what other educational systems do. Why I'm so passionate about this, I've mentioned it a few times on the show, is because I was your typical ADD student. I'm sure that back in the day, if they had all of those tests, I would, I would be, uh, what do you call it, diagnosed as ADD.
2: Yeah, they'd have probably drugged you at that point in they time probably too, would Angel Rose have
1: drugged me, Yes, because I found it very difficult to sit still in those desks all day long. I was bored. I was falling asleep. I, you know, the subjects I was interested in were religion and art. And um, as you know, you know, I've come upon a spiritual path in my life, but I had great difficulty in math and other subjects that I wasn't interested in. And I think part of the reason is I just wasn't interested in them. And what would I be like now if I was allowed to interact with the natural world more, which, you know, when I was in school, the only times I did enjoy it was when we went on a field trip or if the rare occasion where we were, if it was a beautiful day, sometimes the teacher would take us outside and we'd sit on the grass and she'd teach us. Those were the only times I ever really enjoyed school. So it, it, for me, it becomes an issue of natural versus unnatural. And the unfortunate thing is that adults seem to have an opinion of children that they are ignorant little things who don't know anything, who we need to fill their brains full of all of this information. And, you know, a lot of times, information they don't care about.
2: But doesn't it actually go back further than that, Angeiros, Rose, and back to even the baby stage, our attitude towards babies is that they are, they're, they're new to the world, you know, they're just infant, innocent uh, babies without any knowledge or or without anything. But the truth is, and and I know this from my own experience with my own children, they're actually old souls. They're actually old souls that have come and gone and been around the block many, 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 many times. And here they are just in a young physical body in the moment but they're carrying forward with them amazing spiritual insights and spiritual depth. And if we nurture that, we find that they can grow into very, very different beings than if we treat them as if they're ignorant and unknowing.
1: Well, that's true. And I, and again, I think the most important thing for me is I do feel children are born with a natural ability to know how to maneuver themselves in their world. Now, I'm not saying that you never feed a baby, or you never change its diaper, bathe that I'm not talking about those stages that are obviously, you know, that we, we actually need to caretake these children. I'm talking about, you know, once they begin to become coherent, and they can talk, and they can walk, and, and, you know, every single child will display uh, certain qualities in its personality. And I, I think that we don't you know, nurture that. We basically throw them in school. And the truth is, is a lot of parents put their kids in school to have a break from their kids. I mean, if you sat down with a parent and said, you know, that system really isn't very natural to the way a child maintains its connection to its soul and to nature, um, that children are being programmed. I mean, we see that in our own granddaughter, don't we, Ahano? And uh, when we come and be with her and spend time with her, she always wants to be the teacher. She reenacts every single morsel of what she's being told in school, the whole personality of the teacher, the way the teacher talks to them, the whole thing about punishment. If you, um, you know, you're going to get it and she's seven and a half, you're going to get a pink slip. You're going to be a note's going to be sent home to your mother. I mean, all of these things that when I was young used to scare the bejesus out of me when a teacher would do that. But she acts it out every single detail, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah,
2: the acting out is great because that's a natural part of growing up and learning, which is uh, which is admirable and is wonderful to watch her reenacting these situations. But it's the it's the, it's the items sometimes that she reenacts, like the threats of punishment, and the insidious way. In which the control is maintained. When you see that being reenacted, it's actually quite scary.
1: Well, it is. It's actually quite sad too. Actually, because you see that you you see the programming beginning with schools in terms of this is how you behave, this is what you say, what you don't say, and there's and the creativity is so minimal. I mean, you know, especially when you think the one the things that they are taking out of schools are art and music, the things that allow children to be creative. You, you know, the whole system is actually very, very, very unnatural. And I remember, and uh, then I'll get off this topic, but I kind of just started talking about it because of I was researching it the other day. Now I lost my train of thought. No, How? Huh? Darn it! What was I saying?
2: <laughs> you were just going to finish talking about children and the educational system, and in your own experience when you were growing up.
1: Yeah, I can't remember now what I was. Okay, going to say. well,
2: here's—I uh, want to change tech anyway, Ange Rose, because just this last week you have been very excited about a new discovery that you've made, a new as part of your ongoing research into consciousness. And it's about Kundalini, and I'd love you to share that to with our listeners.
1: All right. Well, as many of you know, Ahanu and I online do a Sunday Akashic Record group, and two of the weeks out of the month are topic-specific. One week, the first Sunday out of every month is free. The others, there's a small charge, but they're devoted to specific topics, in fact, our topic tomorrow, I believe, is our discussion on the light bodies, where we're going to go and ask Source about the light bodies.
2: Yeah, that should be really interesting.
1: And those those shows are at 10 o'clock Pacific time. And if you're interested, you can go to com and sign up. But anyway, a few weeks back, maybe a month ago, we did the topic of Kundalini. And we've talked about this a lot on the show, and I hope people aren't getting bored with it. But I, what Ahana wants me to point out is when I was transcribing this last night for my new book, there was a question that was not asked by anybody in the session. I decided to ask it myself because of the flow of the material. And the flow of the material uh, was talking a lot about kundalini as the God force energy inside of our bodies. that. You know, when we're created, in fact, it's probably true of all life forms. All life forms have varying degrees of kundalini energy because I'm finding that it is the God force energy inside of us, which allows us to be alive. Actually, it is the fire energy that, you know, at the lower chakra sexual level allows us to reproduce children keeps us alive, keeps our body function you know I've, I've always wondered what was it that has us automatically moving and without we don't really have to think about moving our arms or legs or whatever it just happens. but I'm finding that this energy uh, is a basic element that does allow us to survive at the lowest levels and actually ascend out of this dimension in the highest levels. But uh, what I was writing, I won't tell you the whole content, but suddenly I said to Source, is Kundalini our spirit? And Source answered back with this resounding yes. It actually said, yes, now you've got it. And all of a sudden I thought, oh my God, because what it was saying is that our Kundalini is our own unique spirit in our body. And think of the implications of that statement, really, because it also shows you that each spirit is at its own level of refinement. In other words, if you come in and you're basically asleep and you're pretty much a a 3D person, nothing wrong with that, but your kundalini basically stays in its survival, survival mode, throughout your body throughout your life okay and the the thing is is kundalini in spirit energy kundalini matures you see it's it's a primal raw part of your spirit that comes in here but its purpose really is to ascend and to grow and mature and that's the same with all of our spirits you know we have this idea that every spirit is perfect but we're not perfect i mean we look at ourselves and we say we're all on this journey of awakening to varying degrees therefore we all have different consciousness we have different perceptions and i'm going to bridge the discussion we were just having here about uh, children and our and their innate ability to be able to follow their own soul path if they're not disturbed So the truth is, is if you did allow a child to grow naturally and nurture its gifts that it's displaying and not have to feed it full of all sorts of subjects it doesn't care about, all right, but if you were, that child would keep its natural connection to source, to its spirit, to its soul path as it grew in its life, and you would be watching that flame of God that is that child growing and maturing throughout its life now consider what happens if if you interrupt that process and we start programming the heck out of our kids and telling them what to believe and how to behave and what's true and what's not true and we take away their own ability to discover their inner world and discover nature actually we take away that from them and we start programming them and what we've actually done is we've interrupted their kundalini flow, their natural kundalini ability to thrive, to express itself, to have different experiences. We, Because that would happen naturally through the course of a person's life, as varying degrees of their spirit energy would develop, would grow. And we actually stopped that process by thwarting, a child's natural ability to learn and to develop its spirit and this is this is actually a problem that we adults have as well you know we're all disconnected
2: yes don't the eastern uh, mystics teach about the various stages of development of the human in terms of years like they they use the multiples of 11, 22, 33, 44, or some other school of thought uses the years of seven years, 14, 21, 28, 35, and those particular years as being steps up the Kundalini ladder towards growth and enlightenment, yeah?
1: Well, they're yeah, they're talking about a natural process, and I think this is so important, you know, that our spirits, your, a piece of your God spirit is lives in your body at the base of the spine this is why this your body can breathe and be alive and do what it does while you're here developing your spirit and i think it's incredible what i was finding out in that kundalini thing kundalini uh transcript because to realize that we actually have a piece of our spirit inside our body that our spirits are growing to mastery. They are individuated within us. The goal really is is to become like God. And if you think that creation keeps expanding, God keeps expanding, think of the potential. I mean, for example, we, we look at the forces of nature out there. We see the power of nature. I mean, we're seeing it now uh, with the weather, for example huge extremes of weather people are in effect of the weather that's how strong those forces are but we actually have a force of nature called our own spirit inside of us inside of our body and like i say at the very basic level it allows the species to survive it it deals with sex and reproduction but there are there's an ascent to our spirits of a journey let's say to become God realized, and God realized means that you become a source of life yourself. In other words, you become, a, in some traditions, they say they call it that you become a sun, S U N, a sun yourself, where you radiate life, where you are a source of life for creation to occur, not the other way around when you're ineffective. The forces of nature you actually become a force of nature now this journey can take a really really long time uh, many lifetimes actually but i think to realize the extent of the power raw primal power that you have in your body okay now it's in an unrefined state but but as we ascend and grow spiritually it becomes more refined, you know, we develop virtues, we develop higher consciousness, we become more loving, Uh, we stop projecting stuff onto people, we, you know, we go inward, we find out about our chakras, and we find out about the workings of our inner nature. And we grow spiritually. And the goal is to become godlike. So to think that you actually have this in your body, and I'll qualify this. There's a lot more to this topic in the transcript. I'm only talking about a small piece of it uh, because uh, the kundalini does develop. There's, it spirals up through the chakra system. The ascent up the ladder is called the path of courage by source, and it explains why it's a courageous path. So, you know, when I was younger, I was raised Catholic. I was basically programmed away from the body, you know, and it was focused, of course, on not having sex before you were married. But the whole thing was uh, gave you a really unnatural, unnatural, uh, emotional state about your body about sex. And we are there's so many traditions that basically say, well, who cares about the body because you know when you die it gets thrown away Uh, you don't care about it and certainly people who've had near-death experiences um, and they're out of their body they do look down on their body and don't really care about it anymore well that's part of the reason for that is is that the kundalini goes with you when you're out of your body because it is your spirit
2: Hold it there for a moment, Angie Rosen. Hold that thought because we do have to take a very, very quick little studio break. But as soon as we come back, we're going to pick up this subject of the Kundalini in the body and sexuality.
0: This is the Art of Living Well radio network, radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Ann Gale Rose and Ahanu.
2: You're very welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Ahanu, and Ange Rose and I are discussing today the great time of change that we're in. Indeed, her first book is called A Time of Change, and you can get it at that same address, at timeofchange.info, at timeofchange.info. A couple of weeks ago, we did have on the show a very special guest called Penny Kelly, and we were discussing sex and Kundalini at the time, now not we didn't have the knowledge that you're you're expressing now, Angel Rose, because that has, has arisen recently and perhaps as a result of the exploration and the research into consciousness. But the things she was talking about also were how we have tied sexuality to evolution and how sex is, is a, a fundamental part of our anatomy and our, our success as a species but she was talking about sex as a sacrament, sex as a celebration. Now, I don't want to go down necessarily go down the road of sex, but just purely as it relates to Kundalini, as it relates to this rise of awareness, as it relates to this spirit that's growing inside us. And I say growing purposely because, as we found out, the spirit is not perfect. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. And indeed, otherwise, a lot of what we call ghosts wouldn't be hanging around in various forms trying to hold on to something that is an illusion in the first place. So this perfection that we're striving for, this growth of awareness, this arising up the ladder of the Kundalini experience is all part of how we as a, as a species should actually become aware to use the sex as a sacrament and as a celebration so it's really interesting how all that is actually coming together in terms of an understanding and i think this is a wonderful thing because it's not it's not only us that are arriving at these uh, understandings and these revelations it's happening all over the world this is the growth of awareness that's happening and i think it accounts though for sometimes people who have these realizations and these awarenesses, but can't find expression for them in the world, so it leads to huge frustrations and a lot of people you know, if somebody says, "Oh, I've got this great understanding now about what's going on," and their 3D friends would put them down for it, or the 3D institution that they're in will say, "Well, we're going to debar you. We're we're not going to pay your pensions, and we're not going to pay your, we're not going to fund your research because you're you're wacko. You're gone off the rails, and we're going to remove you from the institutions and take the names off the end of your the the letters at the end of your name." and all of that kind of vague, veiled threats that we have, because we're to- so tied to economics, we're to- so tied to the money system. So this this threat prevents a lot of people from actually growing in wisdom and awareness. But I think we're we're beginning to realize how how that is only a veil, how it is only a facade, and how we can actually pursue these awarenesses ourselves in our lives and be proud of it and stand up for it. And I think this is what's happening too, but a lot of people are unfortunately caving under the pressure of that. They're losing their homes, they're losing their livelihoods, they're losing their relationships, and they're also threatened with suicide in fact it's something we've talked about here a lot of times over the last number of years is how suicide is seemingly the best way out for people they just want to go home and that's what we're finding though is that until we master this universe and I want to get Angel Rose to talk about that because unless we master this universe this life this body We'll be going nowhere. we keep coming back. It's what keeps us tied into this cycle of reincarnation. Do you want to pick that up, Angel Rose?
1: Well, I first want to go back about your comments about sexuality because sexuality is really only one small way to raise the kundalini. And I just need people to be clear. You do not need the sex act to work with your kundalini because it's an inward journey. Uh, The thing about sex is that it can stimulate those currents. Uh, And certainly there were many rituals in ancient times where they used sexual rites to raise the kundalini. But I just need to be clear with people that you could be completely by yourself and just meditating each day. And you will be going through the rising of your kundalini through your inner experiences. So I just need to be clear about that. I think we sometimes put so much emphasis on sex, but that's a whole other discussion. But I, I was affirming for everybody, really, that the body is quite a miraculous vehicle, and we need to really be done with our attitude where we just see it as something uh, that we just throw away that has has no purpose you know, it is our vehicle while we're in this dimension. Okay, so this does lead up to why are we in this dimension? And, um, I'm addressing this because being a, a reader, a, pers- a reader of private readings, I do get many calls from people who are very despondent, who do feel that there is, uh, they're stuck in their lives, there's no way out of their situations. There's, uh, they're trapped. There's no movement. And they are, they really are quite despondent. And I I wanted to address the reality of that Kundalini force within us because it is a path of courage. It means, it means that part of the design is that we are in this dimension. I, I think first we need to realize we're all in the third dimension. And we're in a particular solar system. This is our solar system. Our planets, our galaxies that we're aware of. And we we understand there's many other solar systems out there. Which we haven't even begun to discover. universe is teeming with other solar systems. Other planets. But we're in this one. And we are in this one because this is what our spirits are learning about. They are learning about... This solar system. And it has been revealed through the records that spirits, you know, in becoming godlike and masterful, if you think about how huge creation is, I mean, it's not even comprehensible actually how huge creation is, is that spirits want to experience all of creation. And all of creation uh, is quite vast. Okay so you know we are down here we are many of us have been coming to the earth system through the planets in the earth system for millennia we've been recycling coming in and out some of us are more advanced than others some are really have mastered earth but they come back to help but i think to really honestly take a look of ourselves look at ourselves and look at what we're able to do or not do, that certainly gives us a heads up on where our spirit is in mastering this dimension. So I, I mentioned the Kundalini only because it is a powerful flame inside of us that can get us out of this this universe, but not until we master this solar system. And that means you master each one of your chakras. You could say that each one of your chakras connects to a different planet or a different dimension in our solar system. And each one of those is uh, a plane of existence in and of itself. And we are in the process of um, learning about all of those and becoming part of them. So our, our journey up the path is, is to, you know, for us in, on Earth, is to master our solar system. Now, when you're done with that, you become an ascended master. But you become an ascended master of this solar system. Not the whole universe, but this solar system. And then you move on. Then you're able to uh, move on to other solar systems and do a a journey of experience in those and another whole level of mastery and learning. So I'm trying to put this in perspective for everyone because going to the lowest degree, when we find ourselves really depressed, and we're looking around, uh, really depression comes from a sense of feeling very powerless. And um, I know this because I've been depressed at different times in my life. I've been through extreme dark nights of the soul, like many people. And, you know, part of the depression is a sense of hopelessness, and powerlessness that I, I myself feel that I cannot cause any change in my life. And the truth is is, is that so many things can cause change. And I think I wanted to present a picture of number one, how powerful a force of nature we have as our own spirits growing in our body like I say, that potential can take you from basic survival to the dissolving of your body into light. That's how powerful that force is inside of you. So it's unlimited potential in us, huge, actually, and that we continue to become more aware and godlike as we move through the solar system as spirits. Okay, so there's other parts of that which I won't go into today. But I could talk about where we are on the chakra ladder as a planet, but I, let's skip that for now. Because when you are feeling really, really depressed, it is because you feel you have no sense of power or control over your life or your reality. And so much is not true about that because in a course of a reading with a person, you know their own guidance will give them Suggestions, I don't know how many, it must be at least five or six or seven suggestions on how they could change their existing situation that they're in. And it could be on any level, you know, anything from selling a home to, um, you know, making a change in the relationship to loving themselves more. There's an unlimited uh, amount of different choices that can be made. And and the thing is, is I know when you're depressed, you you don't have much willpower. So we're not pretending that making a different choice is an easy thing. But the truth is, is it is actually about choice. And in this ascent up the ladder on this path of courage, uh, we all get tested. And we get tested by different challenges. And what we do with those challenges does determine if we grow, if we become more masterful. And sometimes, you know, we can feel that we're in a dark hole with thinking that God's not listening. Uh, guide, where are our guides? Where are, is our guardian angel? No one's coming to the rescue. And when that happens, it's usually because it's not that you've been abandoned. But there are times in your soul evolution where you're where your guidance will step away from you so that you can become more conscious as a manifester. And it's basically wanting us to take a greater responsibility for the fact that we can create our reality. And sometimes they will step away uh, so that we are challenged to do that. And, you know, once you realize that and you think all of a sudden your guides and your angel becomes your friend and not an enemy who's who's somewhere gone far away and you can't be in touch. But and I I'm darting around here and there only because I know we have a limited time today in our show. But even the Course in Miracles, the whole book of the Course in Miracles, is all about making a different choice. Now, the thing is, when I was studying the course of Course will say things like, uh, do you want to be right or happy? Or, you know, you could choose peace instead of this. And when you're in a situation where you're feeling really low and you read that, you say to yourself, oh, yeah, right. You know, easy for them to say, I could choose peace. I could, you know, appeal to the Holy Spirit in my own mind uh, to, you know, it's kind of like night and day, really, that we all have this Holy Spirit inside of us that does have a different answer. But we also have an ego presence that feels very limited and small. And most often we listen to the ego and not to, we don't bring our problems to this Holy Spirit in our mind. I'm not talking about anything religious here. I'm talking about your spirit essence inside of you that's connected to God's source, that has a completely different answer. And the thing is, is we're, we're really all—we uh, stay hung up on the small self. We want to figure things out. Uh, we we don't like it when we feel we have to surrender. But the truth is, is you're not surrendering to something outside of yourself. You're surrendering to a different part of your of you. And all it really does take is a tiny bit of willingness to say, I choose peace instead of this. And here's the thing. That one little decision on a quantum physics level begins to rearrange your whole reality. Okay, that one decision. In fact, all of our choices continually manipulate the quantum field, change the shape of things. We have so much influence that we we don't realize how much we actually have. Okay, so even a small little choice. You know, when I teach transformational writing, I always, after listening to the different uh, people who come to learn about that process of writing and, and hearing about what's going on in their lives, I always tell them, start where you are. In other words, if you're in a really low place and you feel you hardly have any will to even be awake, I mean, I know depression can make people sleep too. That's the other unconscious part of feeling depressed is that your willpower affected your... You know, it takes every effort just to be awake during the day. That, those are really dark levels. But you can take out a notebook and a pen and you can just begin writing with where you are. I feel can just be your heading. And then you just let all your feelings come out.
2: I'm glad you mentioned that, Angel Rose, because this is the one thing that it comes back around full circle for people. And that is that. Many will know of the awarenesses of which we speak. It's this time of change. People are growing. their in awareness. They're growing in perception. They're growing in the ability to understand deep spiritual concepts. But then, as I mentioned earlier, when they're hit with the raw 3D reality of putting food on the table and paying for their electricity bills and so on, there's this depression steps in but herein is the solution that we've talked about herein is the answer to be able to choose out of that depression and Angel Rose is giving an absolutely wonderful and simple way and that is through the power of transformational writing or journaling as we used to call it and simply writing down and asking yourself boldly and courageously to answer those questions on paper really is a most revealing thing about your own inner self, about your own path, your own purpose, and it will answer some amazing things about who you are and why you're here, and take you out of that feeling of powerlessness and bring you into the responsibility of manifesting and Be able to choose that peace instead of conflict and know that you are actually manipulating the quantum field. It's a wonderfully liberating thing. So I'm glad you brought that up, Angel Rose. In fact, I want to encourage Angel Rose openly and on the air to create a workshop, a little class on transformational writing because I think so many people would benefit in such huge ways for something like that.
1: We'll do that, Ahana. It's on my list. Okay, but I just want to make a point to people about how powerful you really are. And even in moments of desperation, if you can't even pick up the pen to write, you don't have to. All you have to do is just say, I choose peace instead of this. Okay, and just all you have to do is mean it just a little. You don't even have to have a full passionate willpower. In that statement, it's just you're acknowledging that you want a different experience, you want a different reality, and that starts things moving. But I also want to address this one other part of this, and that is resistance that people have because, like I say, in many of my readings, people really are giving a given a lot of suggestions on things they can do to change all sorts of scenarios in their lives and I'm always astounded at the resistance that I hear. You know, there are people who, no matter what you say, it's not good enough. It's not going to work. Oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I'm I'm too tired. I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too that. And, you know, I say to those people, if you want to hang on to that, then your life will stay the same. Okay, because the truth is, is everybody can make a lateral move. You know, everybody can do something different than you did the day before. And it could be anything. It could be, you know, go buy that superfood that'll give you more energy, for example. Give yourself some good nourishment. I mean, even at the basic level, a lot of the reason people get depressed is they're lacking in minerals and vitamins, and sometimes it's strictly a nutritional issue. You could go out and do that, okay? You could go for a walk around the block. You could call up somebody and offer words of kindness you could you could journal you could choose peace you you could do all sorts of tiny little things little steps that will start to shift things around for yourself there's always a way out always 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 and i'm not talking about suicide i'm talking about there's always a way to shift and change but you have to be willing to do something a little bit different even if it's small okay, and i I just want to remind people to ohano that and I hate to throw an advertisement in here at the minute, but we are teaching a course february twenty second and twenty third on how to read the akashic records. It will be held in San Diego, California, not online in San Diego. We have yet to announce a location. We are still uh, looking for a place that I have a particular idea in mind of where I want to, the kind of environment I want to have. So it's taken me a little while. However, people are signing up now, and if you're interested in signing up, you can go to worldofempowerment.com and look for it's a product, isn't it, Ahanu, that says, read the Akashic, how to read the Akashic Records. You can sign up through there, and um, and then as soon as I have the location, I'll notify you. But it is a weekend. There'll be lots of practice with one another, and we're going to have a great time, as well as discover some really awesome things about ourselves.
2: I'm glad you mentioned that, Angel Rose, because I was about to uh, wind up and make our few little announcements, and that, of course, is the single most important one. But also, all these transcripts from our work are available as e-books on Amazon Kindle. Simply search for Angel Rose or Ahanu, A-H-O-N-U. And the 8 Steps to Freedom is at 8stepstofreedom.com. Her book, A Time of Change, at timeofchange.info and her new book, The Nature of Reality, is also available for pre-order at thenatureofreality.info of reality info. Now this week we've been sponsored by twinflamehosting.com and if you wish to sponsor an episode or the full Honest to God series or if you as a who has a passion or a spiritual business and you'd like to come on the show and discuss it, do contact us at Angelrose at angelrose com. Now, today we did cover the subject of coping with change. We talked about children and the educational system. Then we started off talking about Summer Hill and the school in Russia. We talked about Kundalini and how Kundalini is our spirit and Kundalini is the path of courage. We talked about how to move out of stuckness and how we must master this solar system. We talked a little bit about the ascended masters and how that happens. And then We looked at depression and the feeling of powerlessness. And then we moved into realizing the spirit as a force of nature and how we have this responsibility of manifesting. And we have the ability of choosing peace instead of conflict at all times and how that manipulates the quantum field. And we spoke a little about willpower and wakefulness. And then how transformational writing is one of the wonderful ways to move into that Quantum field and exercise that willpower and that wakefulness and helps us choose a different reality. Well, that does bring us to the end of the program. And remember that our free group Akashic Records are on one morning each month. But tomorrow morning on worldofempowerment.com, we are discussing the light bodies. So go there, worldofempowerment.com, and you will be able to take part in that discussion on the light bodies. And as I mentioned, if you'd like to come on the show and discuss your passion or your spiritual business, our contact is angelrose at angelrose.com. It's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E dot So until next Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, we send you our love, our blessings, and thank you for listening to myself, Ahanu, and Angel Rose on the Honest to God series. And as we say in Ireland, slán agus banocht le liv go
1: Thank you, everybody. See you tomorrow.
0: This Is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gale Rose and Ahanu.